ad, if we're gonna get, if you're getting sponsored, you need the ads to be recorded. Yeah, this is an advertisement for uh, the newest Disney Plus series. Really? Mm-hmm. How did you get that gig? Uh, Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, how'd just you get that? The, just put on the shirt and said those words. Uh, is it Boba or Boba Fett? What? Is that a serious I, question? I'm, I'm, I'm kidding you not. When I was a kid, I always thought it was was Boba Fett. Have you never watched any of the movies with him in it? I guess I didn't pay that much attention because this is the first time I'm finding this out. I mean, they say his name. I, it's right over my head. I guess it's Boba. All right, Boba Fett. That does not sound right. Have you been calling him Boba this whole time? I think I have. That does not sound right. I think you're making this up. Trying to mess with me. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. Wow. Okay. Uh, have you watched the new Hawkeye series? Yeah, it's great. Am I allowed to eat during this thing now that we're on video? I mean, you can eat. Yeah, that's fine. The only times that I'm going to, I mean, I'll have to cut out your chews, of course, but no, you're allowed to eat. You can do whatever. I was going to clip all of the, the moments of you eating back to back to back as a funny reel and be like, you know, when podcast guests don't know the adequate, you know. I meant to eat before. But I ended up playing chess while I was making coffee. Gotcha. Is that a protein thing or no? Mm-hmm. Overnight oats. Uh, all right. Well, gotta go to the gotta go to the gym after this, bro. I feel you. I guess I don't know. I I we stayed up too late last night too. I don't know why I agreed to six a.m. But yes, I have seen Hawkeye though. Yeah, it's uh, it's great. I really enjoy uh, what they're doing. I think it's gonna be yeah. I think it's gonna be spectacular. I just. I mean, Kate Bishop is hilarious. Yeah. I heard to someone that like what's great about this character, these shows is even a Hawkeye that people don't necessarily. I mean, Hawkeye is great, but a lot of people, there's not, he's not a lot of screen time solely dedicated to himself. Yeah. When they did Loki, I heard somebody say a stat. It was like under two hours that Loki was on screen. Like it was a tiny, tiny amount and they still, everybody still loved him, but then they had six hours to actually develop where he was on screen the entire time so i think they could turn hawkeye into a lovable character yeah i mean already they have jeremy jeremy renner is hilarious he's playing the perfect i mean i don't i don't even know what generation are you in you're 22 or jeremy renner does the best job of like playing the i have no time for for you little gen z Kate well, I Bishop. think it's because it's something Character he lives out. I think he lives that out in real life. That's why I think it's just he shows up to work and it's his honest thoughts. So like, yeah, I, I don't want to do this. Or he probably walks around town and gets like, you know, has a lot of fangirls coming out, coming around, being like, "It's Hawkeye." Yeah, I mean, it is. It is his life. He's. I like, mean, it's he also has an aspiring music career apparently. Right. Yeah, there's a Jeep commercial he did for a while, and the music was was Jeremy Renner's music. It was beyond cheesy. I gotta send it to you. That is hysterical. Good, good for him for having, yeah. you know, some the com- ambition. The commercial will make you not like Jeremy Renner, though. He comes off not in a great light. I'll just, I'll probably have to assume that he was joking during it, uh, just to, uh, just to get by. Did I tell you the story? I saw Gary Sneese. You know who that is? I don't. Is that Bo- is that Bob Boba Fett? <laughs> It all comes full circle. No, I saw Gary Sinise at uh, Hollywood Studios. I think it was MGM back then, though. Um, I still call it MGM. But it was 
he no, he's he was Lieutenant Dan in Forrest Gump. Oh Gun. yeah, I think you did tell me this. And I think he's like gone on to do a lot of stuff that he's like mm. proud of since then. I'm not really sure, but um, I haven't really followed his career. And so when I saw him, I shouted out, Lieutenant Dan, of course, like an idiot. Yeah. I mean, this is probably like 10, 15 years ago, at least. And he turned around. He looked at me. I'm like a, I'm, I'm like a 15 year old kid. Maybe like mm-hmm. you would, you would think a celebrity would make the time of day to talk to this little kid who's apparently a fan. Yeah, but I think I offended him just enough by yelling out Lieutenant Dan that he turned, he looked right at me, and he just kept going. He <laughs> kept just kept Not walking. Worth it. Is he embarrassed by that role? I don't know. He seems like the kind of guy who who like would who would be you know who yeah. takes his acting career a little bit too seriously. I mean, I'm glad he takes it seriously, but I guess I don't even know what else he's been in. Oh, he was, in Apollo, he was in Apollo 13. Yeah, who's I, ever seen that? I have. It's actually a great movie. <laughs> but I think that's about it. Yeah, he was there for some kind of uh, space presentation. I looked it up later to see, just to make sure it was actually him. And it was some sort of, he was like playing an astronaut. Hmm. Or something in this split in the space presentation thing. Maybe that's doing. why he was upset. He was like, I'm doing I'm space. I just did Apollo thirteen. And that's what you have to say to me is Lieutenant Dan. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess he's moved on from that role. Um, well, let me formally welcome you to this shebang and we'll get going. Um Yeah, this week Scott had a baby. Uh, I was very I named the podcast episode, Scott is having a baby or had a baby right now. And it was true. I posted it and I got a text later like, hey, we uh, are having a baby. So he didn't believe me for the longest time that he was going to need a week off of the podcast to not worry about it and just to focus. And then he's been texting me this week like, yeah, you're 100% right. At least. Yeah, at least a week. At least. I'm interested to see when he's feeling feeling back up to it. That's so funny. What he just thought. What was he thinking? He's like, it's gonna be easy. It's not gonna be that hard. And I was like, dude, <laughs> you oh, have another great. thing coming. Um, he was so kidding, I, though, right? I know. <laughs> I think he was serious. I don't think he understood the gravity of the situation. But I have guests lined up for the next three weeks, just in case he can't. Oh, I'm with Brendan Sloppy. Did I even say Brendan Sloppy? I didn't. Sometimes host, longtime friend, Brendan Sloppy, or always. I mean, friend. I was, a, I was a guest one time on this before, so. I, I don't know if sometimes host is uh, a part of my title yet, but maybe I'll take that promotion. I think, I think the the twice on here, and you've been on here twice when the other person's not, so you've taken a hosting role. Mm-hmm. Oh. But I don't think, like with Scott, I mean, I don't think this at all. I don't think people realize they talk about parenting, but they don't talk about how the first like six to eight weeks of it just totally suck. Um, and you're about to have baby number three in like two oh, weeks. Yeah, I'm... I'm dreading the first week or so. Yeah. Um, like not obviously not the meeting my new baby part. I'm really excited for that, you know, but then that's, that's that part's over pretty quickly. And then it's the sleep deprivation and the crying while trying to juggle, juggle, juggle the two toddlers and, you know, figure out how to, how to carry on life while, well, introducing this new baby into our, into our home. Yeah. Be. And the toddlers don't just magically 
uh, stop having needs too. So well, I probably shouldn't have started talking with a bite of food in my mouth, but I'm almost <laughs> done with my breakfast. <laughs> Got to be efficient. Um, yeah. Last time we divvied it up where, cause we actually, this won't be the first time that we have a new baby coming to the home when we have two toddlers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had two, two year olds when, when Lincoln was born. Um, but last time we divvied it up where I just took the big kids and Allie, Allie took the baby and we just kind of, uh, that was our, that was our divvying up of responsibilities. And so, um, we've already started kind of doing that rhythm yeah. at night. I'm pretty much doing the boys entirely. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I don't pity you last night. This is, if Scott, you if do, you listen, you don't, or you do, um, I do pity you. I keep saying I don't pity you. I'm supposed to be saying I don't envy you. I don't envy you. I don't pity you. Sorry, I don't need your pity anyway. I, I pity you. I don't envy you. There you go. I um no, I was I was thinking about it. And Scott, if you're listening to this, I swear it gets better over time. Don't don't listen to us. Um, but like last night, Levi is I mean two and a half now, and still for like 45 minutes in the middle of the night, he's like screaming in my ear, not wanting to go to sleep. So. It just keeps going in different ways. Oh, yeah. Speaking of that, Brendan, when did you start finding joy in parenting? Gosh, that's a that's a great and, um, I don't know, revealing question. Here's the thing. Now, I'm going to be honest on this podcast, but I feel like I need to I feel like I need to preface this by saying. When I talk to people about this that aren't going through it, like aren't in the midst of it, because, you know, what Scott right now probably will will get um what's it called he'll um he'll be encouraged by the fact that he's not alone and the fact that this is very difficult yeah um and this is a very difficult season but i feel like some people who are a little bit more distanced from the early the early part of parenting they just forget yeah how challenging it can be early on um and i don't i don't remember i have to think a little bit more with with Colson, I remember with Lincoln, it was a good, it was a good, maybe six months. I just remember that like six month to 18 month window is just, just kind of being, all right, this is where, this is where I'm really hitting my stride in parenting. Like I'm re- getting some positive feedback from the baby beyond just not crying. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like those first, I mean, those first few weeks, it's, it's adorable to hold the baby and that kind of thing. And it's, it's, um, it's great, but it's just I me. Mean, you're, you're just trying to get the baby to not cry. Yeah. Or at least that's what, that's what our kids were like. To not um, cry, to sleep for more than an hour, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember, I just remember this benchmark because it was, you know, Allie, Allie was saying with the sleep training and she's just a master at sleep training. Um, is what I assume either that or our boys are just, you know, genetically predisposed to sleep a lot. They were both pretty big, but, um, but she, she did the, she did a lot of the sleep training stuff. And I remember the benchmark of they should be sleeping about an hour for every one week old that they are. So Mm -hmm. at night, at nighttime, so they, so at five weeks, should finally get a five hour stretch, six weeks, finally get a six hour stretch. And I just kind of remember those benchmarks because right around the time, you know, between that five to eight weeks, I feel like is when, when we started getting out of the, Mm -hmm. 
the newborn hole. You know, yeah. that's when that's when the sleep sleep deprivation yeah. finally subsided. Um, was, yeah, because yeah, you're doing all of this. Months. You're doing all of this also on like very very minimal sleep. You know, that's I think that's why like people. I think people do have short-term memory with it because, you know, nine months later, there's people who are like, oh, I want to have another kid. Let's try again. You know, I'm <laughs> um, like, did you not, do you already, do you forget? Do you already forget? Um, but it's, yeah, you're doing all that while having no sleep and it is difficult. And especially as a man, when babies are so dependent on the moms at first, I just feel like. <laughs> I, I, just loved, I just loved how you start out with, especially as a man talking about child child rearing no. we lost all of our female listeners if we had any <laughs> no um it's hard from the man's perspective of because the babies are so dependent on the mom they have to watch their wife go th- you didn't let me finish my sentence because i was gonna say they have to watch their wife go through all of this um and like not be able to help in a lot of ways too like it's like they're the ones having to get up at night they're the ones having to feed them like it's you know it's terrible on them there's not much a man can do but and everybody's doing this with no sleep. You don't know how many fights Natalie and I had at like three a.m. just because we were so sleep exhausted um, that like we just wouldn't remember. We're just out of our wits end because we can't. You know, we're not sleeping. But oh yeah, yeah. Allie liked to remind. She just reminded me. Um, I think it was two nights ago about how fun I was in the hospital when uh, it was. It didn't even take me like it didn't even, didn't even take me to the point where I got home where sleep deprivation was kicking in. This is like night two and i'm already waking up in the middle of the night like being so rude about the fact that i can't get a full night's sleep <laughs> was uh, that wait I, with the first baby or no this is with the second baby too like you'd think you'd think i would remember it i think i just i think i just went into it being like just totally forgetting about how difficult yeah. the first one was and how much the sleep deprivation was terrible uh by the second night i don't even know what i said we were trying to remember what i said but i rolled over and just said something snidely like I need to sleep, Allie. <laughs> and I think She's she, I mean, she it took all, she has all the restraint in the world because, you know, it didn't, it didn't come to her hitting me or anything, but. Um, <laughs> interesting. Oh, really? We've made it you, past that. You need sleep. Um, yeah. So that was, I, I'm very fortunate though. I, I feel like I need to say this. Allie's, there's no chance that Allie's ever going to listen to this podcast. Sorry to say. Um, but I feel like just in case I do need to, do need to say this, that starting with the second kid, and I think because we were doing foster care at the time and it was, Mm -hmm. it was, um, this dynamic worked out really well because I had so much to do with the toddlers. Um, Allie started letting me sleep really early on. Um, we were actually just talking about that the other night too, like what we're going to do with midnight feedings and all of that kind of thing. Cause she's, I'm so grateful for her. She knows how terrible I am on, on a lack of sleep. Yeah. Like, um, and you know, her philosophy is kind of, it doesn't make sense that both of us are exhausted. Yeah. So she tries to let me sleep as much as she can. And then when we're awake, I just have to be super, dead. you know, yeah, with the with the with the toddlers and yeah. Um, are you um? I mean, are you naturally a morning person? Do you stay up late? No, no. I feel like I mean, I feel like you're getting a glimpse of that right now. I'm. I should have started my coffee. I should have started drinking my coffee earlier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rookie mistake. I tried rolling out of bed, drinking coffee the first time we ever tried this, and it was it was my throat was clogged. Like it was a 
it was not a good recording session but so you like got up early you got your breakfast and your coffee i couldn't sleep very well last night so i was up at like 5 15 and had a good like 45 minutes to i had tea had some you know stuff like that so yeah the um no that's a great that's a great point though i feel like as much as i think there's a shared stuff i mean people people grow through suffering and i think sharing in the suffering of parenting in those first couple weeks is like oh this feels it, it feels good to say like to hear other people going through the same stuff but it's funny how I mean, I, that's that's more. I bring that up just to like shatter expectations because I do feel like it can be glamorized a lot. And then when people do enter into parenthood and things are tough, they're like, "What's wrong? Like, what am I doing wrong?" Like, instead of realizing the reality is, yeah, it is difficult. But yeah, I think the joy in parenting, like, I don't know. For me, it, it took a it, it hit like different stages. I remember when we had Levi. Like, I remember talking to you about it. Like the first like four or five weeks in, like I just feel like a I just feel like a sleep deprived nanny right now, like who, you know, like just is there to clean, clean, cook, take care of Natalie and the baby. And like their baby's not really, I mean, it's five weeks old. Like it doesn't reciprocate. It's not saying like, thanks dad. And like, um, it's very much a labor of love for a bunch of weeks. And then like, but then like a bond starts to form and that's like a different layer of joy. Um, do you remember when that started? Uh, I mean, probably like eight, probably like eight to 12 weeks, somewhere in there. Um, when things, when I, I honestly think it's just when sleep started to get more prevalent. And then when I was able to start incorporating some of the disciplines in my life back in, like working out, eating yeah. well, like just the, like just regular life stuff. Like it, it got to the point where it was less dependent on the baby schedule and we were able to start incorporating some of our life stuff into it as well. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's right. Once you can start getting back into somewhat normal rhythms, though, now that you say that with with Colson, our first, um, I do remember feeling bonded a little bit earlier, and I and probably you know more around that eight week eight week phase rather than with, with Lincoln. It was so late because I think I just had my hands full with the toddlers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things were, things were so crazy around here and he slept so much. Um, you know, he'd wake up late. So oftentimes I wouldn't even see him before I went out to work and Mm -hmm. then I'd come home and I'd see him for a little bit and, uh, then he'd go sleep. He'd be back to sleep. It was, I, I joked, I don't even know when, so 2019, he was, he was about eight months when, no, almost a year when, when, um, kind of COVID, the COVID shutdown happened in 2020. Uh, he was born in April of 19 Mm -hmm. and, that was when I feel like Lincoln and I actually started like really bonding mm-hmm. uh, because I, you know, was home with him all the time and saw him all the time. That was, it was, it was one of the, one of the silver linings of the shutdown for yeah. me was, oh, wow, I really get to spend time with, with yeah. Lincoln. You're now. forced to with, hang out with your family. Yeah. But with Colson, it was, it was a little bit earlier. I think, I think the big, the big milestone for me was when he, when he smiled voluntarily for the first time, you know, Mm -hmm. like those cute smiles when they're like going to the bathroom and um, (laughs) that kind of thing. That's adorable. But um, when they're like smiling, because they're happy, Mm -hmm. but even that, I think you, you mentioned yesterday about finding the joy in parenting. That's, I feel like that's one of the major, one of the major keys that, that carries on of like, why all the difficulty of it is so much worth it. Cause when you get to see the joy in your kid's eyes, like just coming off of this mm-hmm. Christmas light show last night, 
it's just i like i get to enjoy things like that that would otherwise would be boring yeah um if i didn't have kids i'm like enjoying it thoroughly because i'm being able to see it through the lens of now a two and a half year old and, a, and an mm. only almost five year old yeah you experienced the hall i was telling i was talking to scott about that last week um because we were talking about just if we have any traditions or holidays and stuff like that experiencing halloween this year i mean i haven't we haven't done anything really for Halloween in years, but now Levi's too. It's the first year he's able to really enjoy it. And we went all out and had a blast and like got to see him. We put his little like bee costume on and he's like trying mm-hmm. to run down the streets, flapping his arms, like having a blast. Like it's great. Um, and like little, little things like that. Like it's, it just gets, it gets so much better over time, but yeah, yeah I don't know. It, finding joy in parenting and then finding, I think also, it took me a while to find my identity as a parent, like to be okay with that identity. Like I think, or to even like feel like a dad. Yeah, to feel like a dad, but also, I mean, you go from. I mean, I was twenty three when Levi was born, and so I went from having a ton of free time in high school, having a ton of free time in college, to working full time, to getting married and working full time, to having a kid and work and do all this, like within a, I mean, three or four year span, and so. For me, like the rapid change of life and the and the, the rapid, even just how I manage my time was really difficult for me. Um, and it took me a while to get to the place where I was not just like, all right, finally Levi's down so I can do what I want. And then be like, no, like I like instead of just looking forward to the day itself of being able to spend the whole day with Levi, like and, and being intent and joyful in that. Does that make sense? Yeah. It probably makes me sound like a terrible dad, but. No, uh, well, I mean, or we're both terrible dads. Um, that's why we don't have a. Uh... You know, that's why we're not running the dad, the dadville podcast. But um, yeah, I, I, that is that dynamic early on when you're, especially with your first, when you're, you know, there's this new invader into your home and into your routines. I definitely remember having thoughts of, all right, we just got to get through the day. And mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, early on, I don't know. It is a little bit survival mode in yeah. those for in those first couple weeks of just. Yeah, just getting through the day, getting through the weeks, and to the point where you can start getting sleep again and start getting a normal life. So I I don't know how, um, how uncommon that is. I feel like that would be that would be somewhat mm-hmm. universal, mm-hmm. Uh, especially except for people who maybe specifically just specially wired for newborns. I mean, yeah. we we met uh we met foster moms who were um who were fostering newborns and just excited about that phase. And there you know there's definitely people out there like that but mm-hmm. um yeah i'm not I'm, i was talking I'm to a guy sure i was talking to a guy again i remember at the same time and he's like it does get better like they bathe themselves um they can buckle in by themselves one day can like, levi bathe himself no i feel like colson's just learning that no no no, no. I, he was talking more like you know what's older older but he's like they do get older and they do start taking care of themselves and it gets yeah. a lot a ton of fun but Colson can't um, bathe I, himself yet. I mean, what's going on with that? I mean, uh, he does. He just like I don't know. There's he he likes doing a lot of things by himself. Um, you know, it, he's got these random things like yeah, like taking a bath where he just he just takes way too much time with it. Yeah, I was I was about to say I was about to blame him for it, but <laughs> you know, just say like he's just he's just too lazy and just you know wants it done for him. But when I actually think about it, the things that he can't yet do by himself are definitely a. a it's definitely because he does them so slowly that I don't want to wait for him to do them by yeah. himself. And so I've just trained him 
Oh man, I'm just having like a revelation here in the, in the middle of this podcast. It's yeah. so true. There's a few things like that. Like we're finally getting him to dress himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason, the reason he, you know, we were, we were always such a, in a hurry and, and to get like, to get out the door in the morning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so the, the thought of like waiting for him to get dressed and learn to dress himself was just yeah. like, who's got, who has time for that? Yeah. Um, and because of that, yeah, he's now, he's, he's been able to dress himself for a while. When Armani came, came to, she was two, she just turned two years old and she was able to dress herself when she came wow. to our home. Um, now Colson is four and a half and finally, or almost five. And he's finally, he's finally dressing, dressing himself fully. So. Yeah. I mean, Hey, don't, I'm not, there's no judgment here because I did that when I, I'm pretty sure to my mom, like I was, I would purposely start doing things slow, knowing that she would just do it if I just did it poorly or I took my time. And that was like 10 year old <laughs> Greg. So, uh, I mean, there's definitely, yeah, Colson definitely has, I've, I feel like I've seen that in his eyes before where he's, I, I know he's like, just that'll just do this for me. If I, if he's I, like, I'm not in a hurry. Um, how old is he? Is he turning six in January or five? Five. Um, yes. Yeah. January 28th. He'll be, he'll be five. Going to Disney. I don't know. I'm going to, I think I'm going to see how many times I can mention Disney in this podcast. Maybe, maybe they really will throw some of that. I mean, they uh, got the, they got the spare change. So yeah. Um, I also, I was thinking about, I was thinking about that too. When, you know, similar to the light show last night, you know, Disney world's another one of those things where it's, seeing it through fresh eyes and mm-hmm. you know enjoying it and uh, enjoying it in a different way because you get to experience it as a kid again and it brings back yeah. all the nostalgia levi's going on tuesday um really it's gonna be him and that yeah one of natalie's friends is coming in from out of state and she is like a two-year-old and very last minute very out of the budget and that's like can i go so it's like yeah i mean she's like i can take levi alone i was like yeah i guess i hate i want to be first there time yeah, I, I want to be there for his first time, but Disney World is so, so expensive. So, yeah. Um, I'm just like, you know what? And I got to work. So, my kids, you know, it's all right. There's, there are things, though, like I want, when I when he goes to the zoo for the first time, I want to be there. I'm really surprised we have not gone to the zoo yet. Yeah, um, seriously. I mean, having a COVID baby is um, ha- like, when was he born? It was uh, June. It was I mean, 20, it's ba- yeah, very soon. 2019? Similar. Yeah. But I mean, the zoo's outdoor, so you would think it's one of the things that we want to try to do. That's, I mean, we had a zoo pass this year, so yeah, we've been a bunch. Um, but I don't know. It's definitely really. It's definitely the Lowry Park Zoo is definitely really cool at first. Yeah, well, you, I know you were saying Bush Gardens is a better bet. I think so, just because it's got, especially at Levi's age, he's got the, you got all the Sesame Street rides, um, not sponsored by Sesame Street. Uh, PBS does not have Disney money, but he got all this, he got all the Sesame street rides, which are tons of fun for, um, for two year olds and all the animals and stuff. Mm. Um, so plus the, you know, yeah, you get the preschool pass early on. There's, there's all sorts of deals, uh, to get, to get into Bush gardens. This, is he cheap. free under three? Um, I think so. And then, but even once, gosh, I, um, this, this may or may not be right. I'm pretty sure even the preschool passes are free or just super cheap or even Colt, like Colson's age. Yeah. Um, you know, up to, up to a certain age, it's still like, even after they would normally be free, mm-hmm. um, you can still get them. A, you just have to sign up for a pass, but it's still free or very cheap. Yeah. So, 
So yeah, there you go. You can you can uh, plan a little Levi date with a Levi date to Bush Gardens or the zoo. That is one of the things I love going on. Like I have Friday afternoons off, and I take Levi and Levi dates quite often. Um, but it's to the point now where like he like I get off work and he's like, "Daddy date, daddy date," and I'm like, "Yeah, let's go, man." That is so cute. What kind of things do you guys like to do together? We go, I mean, I usually just end up taking him to a playground and like Chick-fil-A. Like that's our typical Friday afternoon. So Yeah, that's that's so magical for a two-year-old. Yeah. So we go to this, uh, it, we used to live closer to it, but now we're like 30 minutes away from it. It's uh, called Adventure Park down in Sarasota, like Ranch area. And we had met, there was a guy and his daughter we had met just by going a lot that like he's friends with now um but he's at the point too where he really he's like obsessed with other kids and so they'll be running around and he'll like just start running up to other kids playing and stuff and ask him to play with the or more to stand next to them for like 10 minutes and then be like play <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's so sweet he's a little he's a little trooper but i mean it's just yeah it's experiencing all that stuff i think is the joy it probably took i mean especially with covid and stuff is probably um what's that word extenuating extra something circumstances extenuating extenuating um circumstances but it probably took a good year a year and a half for me to be like this is like my identity as a dad is like fully forming you know oh yeah let's circle back to that because you said you mentioned that earlier and like what do you what do you mean by your identity as a dad well just i'd be like i like my free time is not my own anymore like i am mm-hmm relinquishing that like it's more like levi and his priorities and like my time with levi comes first and my own personal time comes second compared to where i was still trying to cling on to some like some of my own time and what i'm doing my own time or things like that and not being like no this is my life does that make sense yeah you like embrace the fact that it's it's so you're you're thinking of in terms of embracing the fact that life is just different now um and you have to um gosh i don't even know when that change made maybe maybe i haven't fully got there <laughs> oh man but um that is an interesting distinction in terms of because i think it's one of the key characteristics of being being a parent mm-hmm. is well i mean you go through it through marriage too i mean if it's hard for you to think about parenting try to think about it marriage wise too because i think it's similar identity shift happens in that too yeah i think of when i think of my identity as a dad I think of even some, I don't know if there's tangible markers that I can point to. Like that's a, that's a really, a really good one. But I just think of, there was a point where I remember thinking or feeling like I was just taking care of a kid, like taking care of a kid. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't feel, it didn't feel much different than just babysitting. Like I'm just trying to keep this kid alive versus Mm -hmm. there was a point where it really started to switch um, and I might be, I might be highlighting this a little bit too much or, um, highlighting this, this too much, but for some reason it stands out in my mind as, as a switch from just feeling like I'm taking this kid a lot, keeping the kid alive to, I'm actually nurturing the growth of this child and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, teaching him things. And I, I honestly, I can't remember when, when it made that, um, when it made that switch in the life of Colson, um, but I feel like for me, that was when my identity as a dad, I, I started, I started feeling it more where it's definitely one of the, one of the primary, you know, identity markers that I have right now is, mm-hmm. um, is yeah. Father. Yeah.
important overall, even with the baby coming on the way. I mean, you. I mean, like, do you feel like you're at the plate now, like where it is like a joy in parenting, though? Do I feel like it's a like in general that parenting? Yeah, yeah, is in general. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's probably one of the. It's probably one of the major contributors to joy. I mean, obviously, it's one of the major contributors to frustration of, of like frustration in my life as well, or like, or even like heartache. You know, um, heartache, helplessness, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Like Colson is Colson is a little sick right now. Um, he's been like <laughs> coughing himself into a fit at night, and and like last night he threw up a little bit. Like it's just, you know, it's just those kind of things where you just, yeah, you just feel heartbroken and helpless. And um. Yeah, well, let's wrap back around and actually wrap that up. We're trying to keep them a little bit more concise and not let them go too, too long, um, but still have a substantive conversation. So, um, yeah, What's so the word that you just made up? Substantive. Substantive. Is that not a word? I don't know. Pretty sure substantive is a word. Obstinate? Substance is a word. So... Um, <laughs> So thanks, Brendan, for coming on to talk about parenting today. Um, yeah, I feel yeah. like wait, we should we should probably wrap it up by yes, well, by saying what we should have said at the beginning, which I, I feel like I keep I kept alluding to, but um, oh, what was I, I was talking? I was well, I was talking to you, like you know, because you know my situation, but um, your listeners probably have no idea what my family dynamic looks like, so. Um, I first became a dad in 2017. It's actually really convenient because I was married in 2015, then had our first kid in 2017, second kid in 2019. We also started fostering a two-year-old who is the same mm-hmm. age as my oldest. Um, about, a, a little over a month, about six weeks before our second was born. So we went from one to three pretty quickly. Uh, and then she went back with her family, was reunited with her family in August of this year. And then 2021, so 15, 17, 19, 21. Every other year, we're having a significant, uh, no. a real significant well, addition. And, and your baby's coming in like two weeks from now. That's what that was. So that's the 21. Um, mm-hmm. We we just made it in. Um, well, I mean, assuming that the baby's not three weeks late, but that would be something else. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think they would let her. Uh, actually, I know, I know for certain they wouldn't let her do that. So we'll we welcome in our third, our third child. A little baby girl, two boys and a girl. Before you had child, childs. Before you had childs. Um, Mm -hmm. Before you had children, how many did you think you were going to have? I don't know. Um, We talked about four. You know, Allie had this. I think a really, a really wise thought about family planning or looking into the future for how for how many kids we should have. Uh, She'd heard it somewhere, but I really, I really appreciated this, which was don't think about you know, how many you want in diapers, like think about how many you want sitting around a Thanksgiving table when mm-hmm. they're older. And I think that's really helpful, you know, especially in the season when there's, when they're, when they are toddlers. So like in, in this season right now, when we have you know almost five-year-old, two and a half-year-old and one, one on the way, because I think we thought we would have about four is what we were aiming for. And I think right now we're going to be, we're going to be, uh, Lord willing, settling on three. Yeah. Uh, I think this will be our last, but just because, um, 
well, for a lot, for lots of reasons, I guess. That I- <laughs> no, that's a good point. I, I mean, I, uh, I was on because now there was like four as well, and I'm like, I don't know. Let's have one and let's go from there. But it is true. Like yeah. if you just if you just have one and you're like, it's tough. I don't know about that. Like if you don't if you don't keep your mind focused on the the 15 20 year goal, like it's easy to settle for like just have one and be like, all right, well, that's it. But I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like I, if an alien only had one, like we just give everything to have Levi and that's it. Like I a hundred percent understand. And like, am very torn between stop. I, I mean, I'm honestly, I'm torn between stopping at one. Um, just because the reality of it is tough. Like parenting is hard, you know? Yeah. It's not as easy. It's easy to have these grandiose ideas of having like 10 kids, but then like, it's just, the reality wise of it, it is difficult, you know? Um, yeah. If you but, were to let, if you were to let this phase of parenting decide how many kids you were going to have, um, I, th- I think it would be very different than if you thought, mm-hmm. you know, how many, how many do I want? Well, I'm, but I mean, like you said, one, yeah. uh, having, having one works for some families. Well, I, mean, I guess, great, I guess what I'm trying to say families. is don't let, don't let the faith, don't let the heart, like the, this phase of diaperness dissuade you from having more children. If there's other factors, like, us wanting like the the idea of entertaining like only having one and settling on one child there's like there's probably like 20 other factors that are playing into that other than the you know these the yeah. sleep deprivation diapers yeah that's great but financial where we're living now family situation it's just like there's a lot of other stuff going on that like it contributes to that and help for mm-hmm. that for that idea but um yeah what you're saying like don't let the hardness of diapers dissuade you like don't let that to be the sole reason that you don't want to get some more yeah. in there. Well, especially after, I mean, I'm only saying, I'm not trying to talk you into what's right for you and your family. Cause, um, but, um, just cause you're kind of saying this with an, with, uh, open-minded too, is in terms of what you guys might do. I, I did find, uh, I probably should, um, should figure this out after, after the third child too, if I, if I would say the same thing, but I did find that, the jump from zero to one was in my mind, but it was harder than even the jump from one to three. Mm-hmm. Um, when we, when we had the, you know, the had Armani and Lincoln in our home within the span of six weeks. Um, so it really did feel like we, we went right from one to three. I felt from zero to one, just because of all the dynamics that we were talking about earlier of um, kind of your identity markers of it no longer being your own schedule to now having to think of a human outside of yourself. Mm-hmm. And I do feel like that was less traumatic going from one to two or one to three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is, it is harder, but it's not to the same degree harder mm-hmm. um, as going, as going from zero to one for those reasons. So yeah, judging it based on, based on, on just one kid, but then also, you know, the, these sweet moments that we get of, so, our kids, our kids think that if you hold their hand while they're in the car, that they'll, they won't get car sick. Um, it's just, yeah, something that, uh, something that we've kind of inadvertently trained them to do. That's great. Um, and, but so now it, when one of them says, says their tummy hurts in the car, which I'm actually not even convinced that they're actually getting car sick. Um, like they'll hold each other's hand Yeah. and just like seeing sweet little moments like that. Like now that, now Lincoln's finally getting to the age where he can, you know, he can rough and tumble with Colson and they can play together and mm-hmm. they're, they're starting to have more in common. And just to see the friendship that's, that's evolving in, in that relationship. It's just, I don't know. That's, 
that's just a whole new dy- dynamic in parenting that I'm really enjoying. Um, yeah. That I'm really enjoying right now is now watching, you know, not just interacting with your kid, but now watching your kid interact with, mm-hmm. you know, his or her siblings. Yeah. Um, there's just there's just a new a new kind of joy in that. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I feel like I had something else to say about that. I thought about it earlier with something you're saying, but but now I can't remember what it what it was. It was it was like an itch in the back of my mind that I needed to scratch. Mm-hmm by saying it out loud but now now it's gone i don't remember what it is so action there you go but uh, no dude i i appreciate you coming talking about joy of, of parenting and stuff like that i scott's been texting me about the baby coming this week um one i'm like i didn't realize how excited i was for him until like yeah. he sent me some pictures like dude i'm i'm freaking pumped for you like i it's it's exciting having a baby so um i just got me thinking about my own experiences and stuff like that. I was like, with you having a baby next week, I was like, I feel like it'd be a good thing to talk about. Cause I, I'm, I feel like I'm at the place of finding joy in parenting. I'm definitely at just getting to the place of being able to articulate that, um, in a somewhat meaningful way that I've thought through. So, yeah, well, and, and I don't know. One of the things that I've found joy in parenting in is a little bit, um, it's a little bit more, subtle maybe but i i i'm hopefully i can articulate this well i've i've thought about this both with you know with being married and having you know having a spouse that you have to think about and then getting having kids and having kids that you, that you have to think about uh rather than yourself so we kind of talked about that dynamic earlier on and one of the hidden joys i think of 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 parenting is the way in which god uses it to form you into um well i guess I should say form you into the kind of person that he's that that you're you're going to be because it, it really can go one way or the other. Like mm-hmm. you can you can kind of yield to the new stage of life, kind of like you you said that you did when you were when you adopted your new identity as a father. So I love that distinction that you uh, that you made there of what it meant for uh, your identity as a father. Uh, you can really yield to that and allow it to do its glorious work and, and kind of stripping away all the um, the selfish, mm-hmm. you know, the more selfish tendencies that persist in you that, um, that, that go away painfully, you know, it's, it's, it's a painful process as, um, as that's, uh, as that's kind of, what's the word, what's the, what's the word that I just used there as it's, as it's formed away from you or I guess, I, I don't know. The, the, the image I get in my mind is, uh, sand, like sandpaper, you know, it's just stripped like, away. I think is as, what you use. Yeah. But... Stripped, stripped away as, as, as sandpaper just kind of, uh, smooths out the rough edges, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, that's, I, that's what I feel like, um, the process on, on our souls can be. And when, when our selfishness is being stripped away from us, but, um, but I, I really do feel like that's such a, like the, the challenge of it, you know, what, like, when do you ever grow through ease and comfort mm-hmm. and security? Like we, we just, we just don't grow as people as, as well, or we don't flourish as much during those kind of, those kind of seasons, uh, and becoming, you know, becoming people of, um, I had this expression, people of consequence. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a John Tyson from his new, his new book, intentional father. I, I, I really like that. Just, um, so as we're becoming people of consequence, it just doesn't happen as often when we're, when we're, uh, when everything's just going smoothly, mm-hmm. but as life's challenges come, come up and the challenges of, of kids kind of wear away at our, uh, at our selfish tendencies, the kind of person that we become because of that, I feel like is, is, 
uh, is just such an incredible joy. So I've, I've started to learn to look to my look to the hard times in parenting and the times that I do get frustrated that I don't respond the way that I that I you know that I know that I ought to um, or even when I just wonder just there's I mean there's times where I just wonder hopelessly like how am I still struggling with this mm-hmm. with this kind of impatience um, silly things like you know Colson wants me to stay up a little bit longer and read a little read uh, you know, read a little bit longer to him. Yeah. And he's just, you know, he just, he just wants to spend time with me. I know he's stalling and there's all these things, yeah. but it's just, I, I can get really frustrated at that mm-hmm. sometimes. Like, why aren't you just following this yeah. schedule? Um, and, but it's, you know, it's in those moments that I, re, that I, as I reflect on like, wow, why is this still so mm-hmm. hard for me? Why am I still responding in such a, uh, in, in that kind of way? And just, uh, you know, through that, I do feel like God is, um, you know, forming me into a, um, is whittling away at some of the, at some of those more selfish tendencies. I'm able to see what, like, wow, I'm, I'm caring. I'm caring more about my rest after this than I yeah. am about, um, really in, enjoying, enjoying this time with my kid that, mm-hmm. you know, time that will not always be there. That, that, yeah. that's a, that has been a, a really helpful driving thought. And I did remember what I was, what I was going to say. One of some of the best advice that I got early on in parenting and this is like such obvious advice it's not like the most profound thing in the world but if you can if you can really grasp it it's so important um like i'm sure every everybody has some form of this advice and it's just like don't wish away the stages Mm -hmm. i found myself early on just be like oh i can't wait until i can't wait until he can walk Mm -hmm. i can't wait until he can talk i can't wait until like all these things and it's just uh, i found myself always looking forward to the next thing and I feel like now I'm I'm definitely in a in a season where I'm just like I don't even want my kids yeah. to get any older. I'm just enjoying them. Well, I think it, it so teaches you to it forces you to slow down. Like Scott and I talk all the time on this podcast how each phase of life almost trains you to get ready for the next. Like middle school, get ready for high school. High school, get ready for college. College, get ready for the work world. All right, get ready for marriage. Get ready for kids. Like yeah, I feel like we long for next, 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 and then having kids. There's not really, a, I mean, I guess there are next like milestones for that. But like for me, like I've thought like having a kid like, oh, wow, I don't really have a next. Like I need to slow, like instead of speeding up to try to get to the next life stage, like I need to slow down and oh yeah, savor this. Yeah, it's all, it's just like, you know, so much about being present in the stage that you're in. Like last night, Colson, Colson's getting really heavy. And uh, so he... You know, like when we do fun things like pick up Lincoln, Lincoln's getting really light now after the appendicitis and, ten, you know, 10 days of not eating. He's, uh, he's like a normal size kid down. now. Um, yeah. Um, and so, you know, picking him up and playing with him, all this stuff. And Colson's getting, getting pretty heavy to be doing a lot of that stuff, but he still loves it. And it's just, it's very, it's, it's just tiring. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, every time this happens now, I actively engage with the thought there uh, like there's going to be a moment where i pick him up and it's the last time i ever pick him up mm-hmm. like that kind of sobering idea that he's not always going to want me to, to pick him up like this and so what if he's a little bit too heavy mm-hmm. there's going there's going to be a time where he's we're going to be in a public place like that and he's going to be too cool he's going to be bored he's not going to want to be yeah. um you know hopefully not that bad but he's 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 just he's he's not going to want his dad to like pick him up and and like mm-hmm. you know nuzzle him or whatever and you know in, in this big crowd and it's just like those moments as challenging as as 
as much as I, I as much as I feel like oh, it's like I, I can't I can't just carry you all the way around. Yeah. You know, it's it's like how much longer am I even going to be able to do this? I'm I mean, Levi, this. even on our walks, like I'll, we'll be like a quarter mile away from home, and Levi would be like, "Carry me." I'm like, "Dude, I don't know about this." <laughs> oh, for sure, it's a far way the walk. Yeah. Keep praying for Scott. Keep him in your prayers. Um, keep Brendan in your, his prayer, your prayers as well. He's having a baby soon as well. All of our guests are having babies. So um, I think we were going to have another friend of ours, Chris Dotson, on next week. And he's also having a baby uh, like another week. So, And then we're going to have Chip Luter on, who's also having a baby coming soon. So Yeah, but he, that, that's that's a while. He's got till like it's February. Baby, or I, I guess. It's baby season. February now, March. So. But, um, yeah, as always, we'll uh, catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Yeah.